You gotta have faith. What is faith? In Hebrews 11, chapter 1, verse, the Apostle Paul writes, Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. One player writes, believe when you see white, when your eyes tell you black. It's a belief where no one else believes. Dr. King says, if you don't believe in something, you'll fall for anything. This is a podcast about faith. This is a Christian podcast where we share our faith and belief in God and also in mankind. The goodness and kindness of mankind. In today's world, we see lots of ugliness based on racism, misogyny, and age-old grudges. But there is goodness in all of us. There is goodness in this world. But it begins with our belief. you got to have faith. <laughs> and today is... Oh, I'm looking at my... Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> My eyes are bad. I'm looking at my laptop, and uh, yeah, there's a little icon there. Yes, January 12, 2019, we've got the gang here. Hello. Deb and Craig. How's I, wish, I hope you guys are all dancing in your chairs like I am for that <laughs> song at the beginning. Yeah, you know, people aren't tired of it. You know, that's, that's, that was a good pick for you, uh, right, Craig. Hey, James Cleveland Singers. Yeah. No, it, it felt good. I wanted to get, like, somebody, kind of people in California, at least, you know. Mm-hmm. I go like, oh, okay, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So we're going to talk all about Epiphany, and we're going to touch on uh, Matthew's second chapter and also third chapter and a couple of verses within there. We'll talk about Epiphany, which is the um, the revelation. It's the Christian feast day that celebrates the first revelation that Christ is God incarnate. And, and that um, he came for all. Exactly. Not just the Jews. Yep. <laughs> but before we dive in, I will... Um, engaged in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, and we love you so much, and we thank you for waking us up on this wonderful Saturday morning. We uh, thank you so much for motivating us to dive into your word and to learn all that is wonderful about you, for you giving your life to us, and um, and just uh, everything that you do for us, even the things that we don't uh, understand, that we don't understand, that we take for granted. We thank you, we praise your name, we uplift you, we use your word, and we pray that everyone who hears our word and everything that we say and we do is blessed by the love of you. We ask that you um, give us motivation, that you help strengthen us throughout the week, and that um, and that, that you just continue to bring peace and tranquility into our world, and that uh, the message that we have will be absorbed by us and that we can spread your word to, to everyone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you. All righty. Epiphany. You know, the word epiphany, I mean, the, it just kind of has been the theme for me this week because I guess Sunday was uh, was the feast, you mm-hmm. know, in our church, the feast of the epiphany. It's done on the, you know, the 6th, I guess. Or it's the, generally the 6th of January. Generally yeah. the 6th of January and... Uh, I, I read on Wikipedia. It's also the first week of January. The first, first Sunday, Sunday of January. The first Sunday of January. <coughs> so this just happens happens to have been the feast of the epiphany, and, uh, and I, I just I, you know. I, but I, wait, what is that? What is for those that? people who don't know? Like Craig didn't know. I mean, Reg didn't know. Well, in in in, <laughs> in our particular church, it's uh, it's the recognition of when um, when the when the Magi, uh, according to I guess their there's, there's, you know, people who studied the stars, you know, people who studied um, uh, prophecies, old and and new, and uh, there was this star that everybody noticed, uh, and it wasn't there, didn't move, stayed in one place, which is kind of weird because uh, that's how people kind of got around, understood, you know. The timing and the seasons and the, and the calendar of things was looking at the night sky, and this was a brand new thing. So the, the rulers, the magi, these wise men, or whatever you call them, uh, royalty, people of knowledge and affluence, I guess, you know, thought that this is kind of important. And so, and so they followed it. So the Feast of the Epiphany actually is a celebration of the magi 
recognizing that Jesus was born, well, bringing him gifts, yeah. and, and, and that, celebrating that, his life. And that ensued, uh, you know, you know yeah, that they, yeah, that ensued after this initial kind of like discovery. And so, but it, but it means a lot more as the story, as the, uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit with the verse and with the, with the scripture, but it means, a, it, it starts to mean a, a great deal more. Mm-hmm. No, what I was going to say is I'm really I'm looking at Wikipedia. Apparently, Eastern it says the um, Eastern Christians. I'm sorry, Western. The Feast of the Epiphany in some Western Christian denominations also initiates the liturgical seasons of the Epiphanitai, but also talks about the Magi. Uh, basically, when the Magi visits uh, Jesus Christ, the baby, mm-hmm. this is what. Eastern um, Christians are recognized. I'm sorry, Western Christians. Kings. Yes. Now, Eastern Christians, on the other hand, commemorates the baptism of Jesus in the Jordan River, which is talked about in Matthew 3. Right. That's a John chapter. Baptist. Right. So there's a distinction between what Western, traditional Western Christians looked upon as the Epiphany and Eastern Christians. Oh, interesting. And I'm not sure when, when the Eastern um, mm-hmm. Orthodox celebrate, but it's pretty soon. Yeah. You know, it's like in the next week or something. Is it around the same time? No, it's the same time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh. But not, you know, it's no, I just yeah, but it's more focused, you're right, it's more focused on on the baptism of Christ. Which is why we're focusing on Matthew 2 and 3, because 2. Yeah, it's, yeah it, there's a there's sort of a metaphysical connection, which we'll, we'll get to mm-hmm. once we kind of like, you know, delve into the scripture. It's kind of fun. Do you yeah. want to read it then? Yeah, I wanted to start, and if we could all, and I'm, again, I'm taking it from, uh, my funny little Bible here, <laughs> my funny little B-I-B-L-E, which is... What um, version is it? It's uh, it's the one I usually pick up. I like it, even though it's called Common English Bible. Oh, that's right. A fresh translation to touch the heart and mind. That's uh, the subtitle. And oh. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. And I'm going to start with, um, right from the top of Matthew 2, and we'll read through, uh, and I'll read through... Um, um, uh, 2 through 12, one through, I mean, chapter 2, 1 through 12. Yeah. And I've got, um, and of course, it's got a little subtitle itself, Coming of the Magi. So here we go. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in the territory of Judea, during the rule of King Herod, Magi came from the east to Jerusalem. They asked, where is this newborn king of the Jews? We have seen his star in the east, and we've come to honor him. When King Herod heard this, he was troubled, and everyone in Jerusalem was troubled with him. He gathered all the chief priests and the legal experts and asked them where the Christ was to be born. They said, in Bethlehem of of Judea. For this is what the prophet wrote, You, Bethlehem, land of Judea, by no means are you least among the rulers of Judah, because from you will come one who governs, who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the Magi and found out from them the time when the star had first appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search carefully for the child. When you found him, report to me, so that I too may go and honor him. When they heard the king, they went and looked. The star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stood over the place where the child was, where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with Mary, his mother, falling to their knees. They honored him. Then they opened the treasure chests and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, because they were warned in a dream. Not to return to Herod, they went back to their own country by another route. That's that's that. Yeah, that's Matthew two one twelve, mm-hmm. and that prophecy uh, is. I'm looking at it. It's Micah fifth chapter verses two and then verse four. So that's the the. What does uh, it say? Is that the you, same text? Yeah, but you Bethlehem and the land of Judah are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. So this is the prophecy that um, that the Magi, 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 
um, that they were inspired by. Inspired by, exactly. Yeah, and also Herod's uh, advisors, too. They, I guess they would have known this, you know, oh, well, this is what we read about what may happen, and mm-hmm. now it's happening. And again, I think all everybody involved here sees or anticipates, oh, well, this is going to be some new political leader that, you know, is going to shake things up here, especially Herod, for Herod. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, it's going to affect him directly. Yeah. Because he's dealing with with the Jews directly. Mm-hmm. What's well, interesting, too, in the scripture, it talks about many kings and many astrologists, and um, and it just kind of shows the breadth of people that are waiting for a Messiah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and anticipating his coming. All the people's chiefs, priests, and teachers of the law. Uh, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. Yeah. Yeah, there is anticipation, and uh, it's, it strikes me, and uh, we were talking during um, breakfast time, the, you know, you hear a word, you hear a prophecy, you hear, you know, a, a voice foretold that something is going to happen. This, it parallels the, um, the Magi, and also John the Baptist. John the Baptist is also, and we'll get into Matthew 3, but they hear a prophecy they present it to Herod, or, you know, they present it to the people. They meet resistance. They cut through the resistance and say, I'm going to meet him anyway. And then they meet this prophet, who they think is just going to be a political prophet. I mean, that Magi has no real understanding of what he's going to see. Yeah. I mean, you know, we were talking during breakfast. Imagine would have been like showing up to, you know, Mary and Joseph's shack. Yeah, but they still call him a messiah, so they have expectations yeah. well, sure. that are beyond political leadership. Yeah, I, I think, but, you know, we see how the Magi, when the star stops, yeah. you know, that's something he didn't expect. And he, you know, and uh, there were, I forget what the emotional reaction is. Yeah, they fall to their knees. And everyone has, I'm sure, this image in their mind of the mm-hmm. three wise men in their robes. With the with their camel nearby, and, yeah, yeah, and you know I was singing the We Three Kings of Orient. That's right, We Three Kings of Orient. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We so, all know that one. Yeah, there, there they are standing in the little crash mm-hmm. with the shepherds. You were saying earlier that it necessarily, it's interesting how it's not necessarily happening all at the same time, but we have that image exactly. in our culture of that. Exactly. If you ask the traditional Christian, let's say who isn't, let's say Orthodox. They may say, oh, yeah, three wise men. Well, that happened the same day of Christmas. Well, you, you know, you have the crash, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's complete with everybody there. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Right, right, exactly. <laughs> and yeah. so someone may think, well, wait a minute, does the Epiphany recognize the, the birth of Christ? Well, that's Christmas, isn't it? I mean, so why are we celebrating Christmas, but also the Epiphany? So in these Orthodox churches, and like in your church, Craig, the Epiphany is not so much the birth of Christ, but it's the acknowledgement by the Magi that this is the King of Kings, Lord of Lords. Mm-hmm. This is God incarnate. And, incarnate. And that's why they brought the gifts that they did. Right. So right. they bring gold, myrrh, and frankincense. And mm-hmm. I was telling you guys, gold is to celebrate his, you know, that he's a king. Mm-hmm. Uh, frankincense was used in the temples for worship. Mm-hmm. So they brought that for worshiping him. And then myrrh um, was used for embalming the dead. And yeah. so kind of prophesizing there about Jesus dying and coming back to life. Yeah. And also we talked about how in, I think it's, what is it, Western, um, I think it's the Eastern Christians. The Eastern Christians instead focus on John the Baptist and the birth and the baptism of Jesus Christ. And I can read Matthew 3, if you'd like. Uh, which which verses did you want us to focus on? Well, um, it's, I know it's really, uh, it's fairly short, but if we could just... Uh, was it 13? Take, take, take a look at uh, verse Matthew 3, 13 through, well, to the end. To 17, yeah. To 17. Yeah. I'll go ahead and read that. Yeah. And this is NIV. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighted on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. 
with him I am well pleased. What a, what a magnificent image. <laughs> yeah. Heaven's opening up after the baptism of Jesus. Yeah. I mean, that's what you would call an epiphany. Yep. <laughs> when, when something so profound and so understood mm -hmm. is, is something that you understand not just with your head anymore, but with your heart, yeah. with your soul. When, you know, like, I think that's why we have the word epiphany rather than just understanding, because it's, it's a, it is a deep, mm -hmm. a deep understanding of something that, of a truth that is not just an intellectual truth. Yeah. But, yeah. but a spiritual truth and a heartfelt truth and, and, you know, and something that changes your life. Yeah. You know, whereas, you know, we can discover truths and understand truths all the time, good, bad, and different, but... And I think that's what makes this a little bit more special. Yeah. I felt overwhelmed when you just read that. Like, wow. But like, no, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I literally, like, I'm feeling very emotional that mm -hmm. somebody would love us that much. Yeah. Like, my, I, when I think of the heaven opening up, mm -hmm. you know, I think in movies a lot we see, like, sure. the sky changes color, the light shines down yeah. from above. But yeah. I was thinking about my heart breaking open. Yeah, no, I think about all the little images <laughs> in here. It's beautiful. You're right. It's just really simple, but so beautiful. Yeah. I yeah. think about coming up out of the water and gasping the air for the yeah. floor, and then and then the entire, you know, how how life changing that was. Yeah, for not only the world but for Christ the man. Yeah, you know, uh, Christ the man, and 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 him being baptized by. By John meant in you know before it happened it, you know his his their agreement that John baptized Christ is kind of like Christ saying we're all brothers and sisters me included yeah and then it happens and then and then the heavens open up and say yes you're all brothers and sisters but this guy this mm -hmm. this guy I I am very very happy about absolutely you know, I'm very happy about this this one one of the one of the unfortunate things about Christmas is that because it's become so commercialized, it sort of takes the, the spirituality out of it. You know, we celebrate Christmas, and of course, even Christians celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, but really it's about the toys. It's like, oh, you know, the goody, the toys, and the Christmas tree, and the rituals, and all that sort of stuff. It's not really at this right time of year anyway for Jesus' birth. Right, right, exactly. And so it separates it from the epiphany, the very fact that... This I am. I mean, it, it makes it very, very. Um, it, it focuses on the Christian. I guess the Christian, the gift that God has given to us. It makes it very spiritual. It sort of connects us to the, I guess, the religion, the, the spirituality of it all. The epiphany does. Yeah, yeah. The epiphany does. And I can understand how the Eastern Christians focus more on not so much the Magi, but John the Baptist, saying, "Hey, listen." I am not just an irregular ruler. I am the Son of God. And I was thinking about when I was young, when I first joined the church and when I first heard about Jesus Christ and my recognition, my understanding of what Christianity is, separating that from when I actually accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I think those are the two distinctions when I think about the difference between Christianity and the epiphany. Um, you know, like a, lot of, like a lot of us, I went to church because my parents told me to go to church. You know, that was a place where you sang and you, you know, read these scriptures or whatever. And you may not have had an actual physical and emotional and spiritual connection with Christ. It was basically just a ritual. But the minute you say, you know what, Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I'm going to be baptized. I'm going to live for you. I recognize that you died for me. When you make that connection, I think that's what in my mind, the epiphany is all about. Active that's more than beautiful, Reg. Exactly. That's really beautiful. That's, well, I mean, that's, that's what I... Yeah. That's great. I mean, that's, I, to me, mm -hmm. uh, and, and you were asking, uh, how are we connecting these two topics? And to me, the epiphany to me, uh, and, and the way I've come to understand, you know, the meaning of the word and... and, and how it how it really happens in, in in my life is that it's a very small voice that I listen to, not the big loud voice, not the voice I expect that is rational and makes sense. For instance, the Magi come and Herod 
you know, they're all looking at the star and they're all anticipating, you know, this big change, big to them, uh, that's going to change their lives and their, and their kingdoms and their power and their structure and everything that they expect. And Herod goes out of his way to try and stop it. And the Magi, you know, approach Bethlehem thinking, okay, we're going to see another great leader and, you know, we got to, you know, <clears throat> we got to expect it. And they see this tiny little innocent, mm-hmm. helpless little child, you know, mm-hmm. not covered in robes, but wrapped in cloths. Yeah. And, you know, and, and it's that tiny little authentic voice that shakes them into, like, this is not just about our lives and our expectations in the world as we know it, in our political world, in our world of rules and laws and structure and mm-hmm. kings and jealousies and battles and so forth. This is, it's bigger than that. It's a, it's a, it's a stronger truth than just our truth. Mm-hmm. And they realize it, and, and it shakes them to the core. And then you get the same kind of thing, you know, in the next chapter, to me, in a, in a different way. You have John the Baptist, loud, you know, saying, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to baptize you in water. But somebody's going to, he's going to baptize you in fire. And it's going to be, you know, intense. And, you know, all, you know, everything, everything's going to be different. The whole world's going to change. And then this very humble, quiet beautiful thing takes place. You know, it's not, you know, fire and cannons and, and you know, driving out of enemies and so forth. It is beauty and grace and the love of God. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's a very, it's, it's not a screaming voice. It's a very quiet, beautiful, authentic voice. Yeah. And that's the voice I would like to hear. Yeah. I would like to hear the authentic voice. The authentic voice that says like, yeah, you know it's you know, gets all the attention. But what is really the truth? What is really the the serene, mm-hmm. pure, quiet truth? I don't know. That's what I get. From no, no, no. I totally understand. I'd love to hear what you would think about that. That depth. I, I, my mind is on authority. You know, who do we recognize as authority? You know, Herod is trying to establish authority within his kingdom, but immediately he's afraid when the Magi says, "Oh, tell me where the king is." Not you. I'm talking about the, the other king, the real king. And he's afraid. Now, and authority, that's in the back of my mind. But before I go on a tangent, what, what do you think, Deb? About the scripture? About what Craig said? Or what? Well, I mean, is that you like, I'm interested in Yeah. I mean, Craig talked about what it means to him, and I watch him. So. I think, you know, jokingly at breakfast, I said, well, to me, the epiphany is the day I take down the Christmas tree. Because that was a tradition in our family. <laughs> like, but yeah. that was when we knew we we celebrated. See, we just said that. Yeah, like, oh God, I gotta do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think you know, as I'm as I was looking at the texts last night and really thinking about it and cogitating this morning as I was waking up, I I think that the scripture and the story is pointing to revelation and realization about our salvation and the tool that we have been given to get there, which was Jesus. Yeah. Um, and then I was thinking, you know, you guys really personalized your responses to it, but I've been very fortunate in that I don't, I don't have a time in my life when I didn't believe. Like there wasn't, I wasn't forced to go to church. <laughs> I was like, let's go. Um, you know, like, I'm more afraid when I don't hear yeah. his voice, like, yeah. as, as we've told that story sure, before. Sure, sure. But um, I think to me, like, this, the pairing these two is really talking about birth and rebirth. Mm-hmm. And like, like you were saying, a passive versus an active faith or, um, or revelation of faith and what it should mean. Yeah. Um, I like that you, Craig, um, feel like the second half of, of this, the scripture we're talking about today speaks to you in an authentic voice. Um, you know, I still think that I don't know that John the Baptist touched anything that was soft <laughs> and quiet in my, in my perspective. Like I, in my, I, I was telling the guys earlier, I kind of imagine him as this Rasputin guy with scraggly hair and like crazy wild eyes. And I mean, and that's 
for me, part of the reason why people were so skeptical of him. Um, so for him to, you know, and I think about how Jesus comes to him and to be baptized and how he's like, wait, wait a minute, <laughs> not me. Mm-hmm. Like, you you should be baptizing me. That's right. what you're here for. Right, right. Um, and, like, and so then that speaks to, to Reg, what you were saying about authority and who has power and yeah. who has authority. I have, a, I have a question for you because yeah. uh, I know exactly what you mean as far as sort of accepting at a very, very, you know, early age. I know for me, there was a time where I was like, yes, I accept Jesus Christ and I'm a Christian, but I don't know if I could ever say that an event happened in my life where I had acknowledgement that Jesus loved me. There was a time where I ran away from home, and uh, any, any sort of stuff could have happened on the streets, you know, the streets of D.C., and I felt totally unloved, and I felt... Um, you know, I had no idea where I was going to go. And as it turns out, I found myself walking from the middle of D.C. to crossing the border into Maryland to a place where I lived beforehand. And I'm like 11 years old. I have no idea how I got there. Even my family doesn't know how I got there. <laughs> and a former neighbor found me. It was like, hey, what's going on? The neighbor saw that I had tears in my eyes. And the neighbor says, okay, I know what happened. I think you ran away from home. Let's, I'm going to call someone or whatever. That in itself, I don't know how anyone else would think, but that's a miracle to me. Yeah. Because anything could have happened. And there are other little things that are not so dramatic, like, you know, when I got accepted to NYU or when I realized that, hey, you know, I'm not a total screw-up in my family, you know, that I have to actually do something and sort of, you know, just make my family eyes sparkle. Like, wow, you know, he's, he's done something that we didn't expect. And I'm like, wow. This is, and I connected it on a Christian level. I've always believed in Jesus Christ and God, but now I have confirmation that he loves me, that he acknowledges me. Have you had that experience? I have. I mean, I think I had a very troubled childhood as well. Yeah. A lot of um, fighting with my mom, who was very abusive, Mm -hmm. physically and emotionally, verbally. Um, And one time, um, she cut me with a machete. And uh, I think prior to this incident, you know, I was thinking, I would always just ask questions of, why is God punishing me? Why is God punishing me? What did I do? What did I do? Yeah. Um, and I prayed every day that I wouldn't have a scar. And I, I had to have stitches. Mm. And uh, I have no scar. Wow. <laughs> and so that... What a powerful story. And, and so, and then, and truthfully, every, yeah. ever since then... And every day, I think, even when I'm having a why does God hate me day, I, I recognize small miracles. Yeah. Like, yeah. I know it's really stupid, but, like, if I drive, I'm, I'm like, I'm in a hurry. I really want a parking space. I say my Hail Mary, full of grace, help me find a parking space prayer. <laughs> if I get one, yeah. I thank God. I'm like, it's a miracle. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. It's um, yeah. a little voice to me. <laughs> and it's like, strange. if I'm having a bad day and I get a phone call from somebody that I know that that's a miracle yeah. that was sent to me. Or if I know I pick up the phone and someone else was having a bad day and we have a conversation, mm-hmm. that's a miracle. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of, I know, that's yeah. very no, convoluted. No, 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 no. I mean, <laughs> and thank you so much for, wow, I mean, that's not convoluted. That's, yeah. you know, when you, you share a lot, a lot with that. And, uh, yeah, but, sorry. But, uh, that I think, no, no, no. A lot no. of information. No, 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 it's fine. And, uh, <laughs> but it's that confirmation because when I think about John Baptist talking to Jesus, Jesus saying, no, you're recognizing my importance. I'm recognizing how you're important. You're a part of this Christian story. I'm here so that you can baptize me because you're just as important. I mean, I am the son of God. I am here to, you know, take on your sins. But yeah. you're important too. And that's, and the apostles felt the same way as the story goes on. You know, all of us are part of this. You know, God needs us. And so God acknowledges how important we are. Yeah. I, I, w- I was also just thinking as we were all telling our stories mm-hmm. that I grew up in a very pre- Christian, mm-hmm. you know, there's almost literally a church on every corner in my hometown. And mm-hmm. I remember, you know, going to sleepovers mm-hmm. and 
we would all talk about God. Like, it was, yeah, that yeah. was pretty normal for us. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, Craig, I mean, have you, because I think, you know, maybe when you were young, was there a distinction between you acknowledging, yes, there's this thing called Jesus Christ, there's a person called Jesus Christ, and you, and you getting that confirmation that Jesus loves you? Yeah, there's a, and again, I'm tying in these two stories because I can only really relate to them, you know, in in a very personal sense or in a very broad kind of, you know, sense. Uh, But I'd rather, I'd rather connect it on a personal level. I think we all would. Sure. You know, as at, you know, there's a reason why we we grab these scriptures. Is that they can mm-hmm. they can teach us yeah. and, and help us and let us um, and let us learn. You know how to be better people. Yeah. When I was baptized, you know, and probably Deb can relate. I didn't. I wasn't even able to like stand up. I, yeah. you know, I mean, I was splashed water on my forehead in front of the congregation. And some words were said in effect, like they're like they're said in any baptism today, is that we these parents. You know, accept the responsibility of raising this child in, you know, in connection with God. We're putting God into him, whether he likes it or not. And the, and, and the congregation usually kind of goes like, yeah, and yes, we'll make sure that, that we're going to step up to and, and make sure that God is in within this child. Uh, and, and whether he knows it or not, right now we're doing that. And, and then... Two years ago, when I returned to the church, um, I feel as though I had the intellectual understanding of, of, of my relationship with God and God within me, but it was my turn to put my soul and body and mind into God. It was my turn to give it back or share it, or open it up for um, a deeper relationship, not just one where God's affecting me, my world, and I just let let it ride and let say, oh God, do whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. Want to smoke a pack of cigarettes today? It's on you, dude. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, now it's time for me <laughs> to say, like I'm within God. Now I've got to reach the other direction. That's an epiphany, isn't it? It is to me. Yeah. It is to me. Um, and so it's a recognition, a grown-up, like a grown-up Christ, saying, no, 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 no. I'm a man, just like you. And we're going to have this, we're going to have this really close bond now. Mm-hmm. You're not just going to sit there and, you know, you know, bow down before me. Yeah. We're going to have a relationship. And you're going to work harder to be like me. Because I'm sacrificing a lot to be like you. You know, that's, it, it, that's interesting. Um, at Matthew 2, the Magi sees Jesus as a child. Yeah, as an innocent. And in Matthew 3, John the Baptist sees Jesus as an adult. As a king. Yeah. And there's an arc there. There's an arc between Christian. Taking Christianity on as a child and taking Christianity on as an adult. And we all have that arc as Christians if you choose to, you know, to have that journey. As children, you know, we can, of course, acknowledge Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and, you know, do the things that our parents tell us to do. But eventually we have to start, you know, walking as Christians as, as adults. Owning your faith. Owning our faith. And taking on the responsibilities, even if it's in small adult. ways. Yeah, even if it's praying for a parking spot, and small acts of kindness and small acts of faith, because yeah. it takes all of us doing these things mm-hmm. to to help the world. Yeah. It, even if they're small things. Yeah. And I'll tell you, Jeb, I mean, it's not so silly. I mean, there have been times I've been on the bar to just walking around. And little micro things that may tick you off <laughs> can set off your spirit or your soul or, you know, just, you know, make you have a bad day or whatever. And then you have to tell yourself, hey, listen, I'm on a spiritual journey. I am in the light of Jesus Christ. I'm a Christian. I'm not going to allow these little things. And, you know, if someone took my parking space or if someone, you know, pissed me off at the bar or at, you know, whatever – Maybe they're on a different journey than I am, but I'm not going to allow that to sway where I am. And I think that's the difference. 
I mean, we were talking um, during breakfast time, Craig and I, about um, how some people are really pissed off at what they see in the Catholic Church. And, you know, people are like, well, why aren't you, a, you know, why don't you go to church? Like, well, look what, what's happening. You know, okay. you've got priests, you know. You saw Spotlight for the first time. Oh, yeah, there's an interesting quote, you know, one of the characters had. I thought it was like, do you know the movie Spotlight, Deb? No. Oh, yes, the Boston, I think it's the Boston Herald in there. Boston Globe. Globe. Yeah, the Boston Globe. Oh, with the, the reporters reporting the. I, reporters did, I didn't watch it, but I. I yeah. Uncovering yes. massive abuses in the. You know, right. By priests and then the cover ups by the politicians. Right. And the, and the church and the staff. Church. And the church. And, every, and everybody who was involved. It was, an inter- it was sort of like a, you know, a long two-and-a-half-hour episode of West Wing, the way it was written, very clever, you know, dialogue and, 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 and great characters. Mm-hmm. And of course, everybody's in it, and there's all these stars. But there was this quote last time that really stuck with me, and you know, there was this, I think I, I'm, I'm going to misquote it, but it's sort of along the lines that, you know, everybody knows that it, everybody's heard it takes a village to raise a child. Yeah. It also takes a village to abuse one. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. And and suddenly that just like, man, it was. I mean, it sounds pithy, but it it just rang so true. It's just like things just don't happen. We allow them to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, through like the Holocaust. Yes, well, sure. Through like to our immigrants today. Yeah. yeah. Through <laughs> through um. Through neglect from our leaders, and then that example of neglect given to everyone else. My sister is one of those Christians that you're referring to yeah. that doesn't go to church anymore. And I and I can tie this with this whole epiphany thing that we're talking about. And we talk about authority. You know, um, the Magi and John the Baptist could have adhered to the authority of Herod. You know, Herod is the you know quote unquote father. You know, he's, well, he's the, the system. Leader. He's the system. Mm-hmm. The system says. No, I am your leader. Forget about this dude, you know, Jesus Christ or whatever. Forget about, you know, the these voices that you've heard in your head. I'm the authority. You respect my authority. We can either adhere to that or we can adhere to what, what we feel in our hearts, what we know to be is true. And it's funny, you know, you talk about the, the silent voice or this, the, the, the authentic voice, voice. Yeah. of Jesus, yeah. rather the authoritative voice of Herod or John. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, John the Baptist, he, you know, he acknowledges. I know, but he's kind of a loud guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not authority. He still has to do a deal with Herod. Yeah. And I talked about it. We talked about the other Bible verse. I have it right here. And cross oh, no, yeah. Yeah. This no, is, I'm, uh, not, I'm not saying he's a bad guy. I'm just saying he's a loud guy. Oh, no, no, no. I understand. <laughs> but in Mark 6, um, verse 14, you know, uh, basically, John the Baptist had to pay the price for his, for his convictions. Uh, when he was beheaded. And we don't have to go in, into that, but basically we're all faced, you know, how do I tie this in with what's happening today? We can tie into, you know, we can, you know, the, uh, there's an authority figure. Who, it may be Donald Trump. It may be, you know, a family figure who, is, who isn't, you know, who, who isn't in the light. That's about the best way that I can put it. We can be intimidated by what we believe. I have to believe this because my boss or someone says so. Or we can acknowledge what we know and what we feel is true. I mean, you know, when when the Magi went to Bethlehem and saw the baby, he was moved, and he, you know, dropped to his knees. And it's something that's authentic. It's something that uh, my mother, my, my mom, my second mom, when I was talking about discernment, my mom is a uh, ordained minister, and discernment is basically what what does it feel? You know, when we talk about truth, like there's a lot of, you know, like w- there's a lot of in the news about... Um, false news and all that sort of stuff. But what feels true? What resonates? And when I think about an epiphany, um, when God comes to us, be it a voice, a miracle, or whatever, does it feel true to us? And I think as Christians, we have to acknowledge what feels true. You know, Donald Trump may say something, but what feels true? You know, our boss may say something, but what feels true? Our domestic partners may say something, but what feels true? Sure, what resonates? Oh, preach it, Reg. And also, we take in what some people say is true, but we can also tell people because God is still speaking to us, just like the Magi. The Magi told Herod, There is someone greater than you. 
they, they expressed it by not coming back to him. Right, exactly. Affirmed it, and John the Baptist did the exact same thing. as Matthew even more forcefully? Why do you think that Jesus made... So, you know, when we look at our text, our yeah. Bible, God is very didactic and authoritative. Mm-hmm. So why didn't he just... Why didn't Jesus just baptize himself? Or why didn't God... <laughs> no, I'm, I'm serious. Because no, no, he says, we have to do it this way. He was a modern man. He, he says, we have to do it this way. You have to baptize me. It has to be this way. For yeah. righteousness. So. For righteousness sake. Yeah. Not... Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I think about, you know, when my, you know, my mom used to... My first mom... I have two moms. You know, my one mom passed away and the other one. My first mom would just cook. She would just go in the kitchen, just cook. Not involve me at all. Just boom, 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 and here it is. My second one, I'll be like, look, come on, come in here. You're going to have to learn this. Someday. I'm going to help you out. <laughs> and I think about when you ask that question, that's the answer that I have. Huh. Jesus isn't going to say, listen, it's, it's not all on me. Yeah. I'm not going to you know, deliver the answer, just drop it, and you know, you just sit on your buns and say, okay, thank you. That's what I mean. Anyway, it's like, Participate. Yeah, like that, the exactly. That's me. So it's like, you know, hey, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm just... I, I filled you when you were a little kid. That's right. Now it's your turn to fill me up. Exactly. You know? And when I think about Jesus' walk with the apostles, that's what he's telling them. And everyone who's listened to us. I'm going to be around here much anymore. He says, a lot of times we've been through this. Yeah. We've talked through this. You don't believe me. It's going to yeah. happen. I've got to equip it. It's on so you. It's on you. That's right. It's on you. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. Um, so that's that's my answer to your question. Yeah. And people, for people who are waiting around for an epiphany, um, I don't know if it's all about that. I think, to me, it's about just turning my 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 soul and my mind and my strength towards, like, turning around towards the sun mm-hmm. and not turning back and looking at my shadow so much. Because right now we have a political leader who's telling everyone there's a crisis, and there are people who are buying it. Mm-hmm. Saying there's evil down there, there's evil people down there oh, in, you know, on the yes. southern border. Oh yes. Believe me, believe me. I'm going to go down there and prove it. And we can all choose to turn turn back and look at our look at darkness mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. And we can be encouraged to do it by authority figures. Mm-hmm. But you know, we have to remind ourselves as human beings and as as uh, as you and, and Devin and. Mm-hmm. and and you know, as we believe with our Christian lens, as others believe in love or whatever they believe in, we have to turn ourselves away from that darkness. We have to help others turn away from it. Yeah, um, it, it does take a village. Yeah, it does take great, you know, many people saying, no, 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 no. We're going, we're going toward the good stuff now. Yeah, and, it, and personally, waiting around for an epiphany, I. I feel as though, yeah, I could, and I would like that, and I would love the heavens to open up and sing to me exactly a, a truth. Mm-hmm. I don't have that every day, but I have a reminder that, yes, life it can be good, and you can enjoy it mm-hmm. in goodness and in appreciation and be appreciated back. Yeah. You know, I as, know. You, as you were I was thinking about... You talk about, you know, your experiences with your mom and also other authority figures that try to dominate us by force, by either either voice or whatever. And I think about Herod. It's amazing how authority figures try to do that, to try to sway you. And those who are Christians, even the early Christians, were like, no, there's a voice. There's the epiphany. There's the revelation that there is a greater power. And I want to follow that. And that is not an authoritative dominating I'm going to, you know, it's not Old Testament, do it or I'll smite you. <laughs> right. This is a gentleness. This is a part of a movement. You're going to join me, just like my mom, you know, come help me cook. Mm-hmm. Not because I'm going to whip you if you don't, but you're going to help me and we're going to, you know, put food on the table. You're going to be a part of this. Participate. Yeah. And you're going to do it for others, mm-hmm. but I'm not doing it for you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of what it says to me is I'm sorry, Dad. Oh, no, I was just thinking about the word, like you're saying, people waiting for an epiphany. Mm-hmm. And I would, I, and, and that, yes, I think people have to change their perspective um, and look for miracles. Um, just because a miracle isn't something that hits you over the head doesn't mean it isn't miraculous. Um, mm-hmm. And I would say when I get that parking space or that seat on bar <laughs> or that phone call mm-hmm. 
or a, you know, a cookie, <laughs> whatever it is that I'm yeah. like, oh, I didn't realize I needed this in my life today. Yeah. Every time is an epiphany that mm-hmm. God's looking out for me. Yeah. God's looking out for me again. Mm-hmm. God's looking out for me again. Yeah. And, and I know that people, you know, may say, well, no, no, a miracle is a proof that God lives or whatever. So we're not. Exactly. That. That's what I'm saying. Like, right. it doesn't have to be a giant. Right. Thing. Like I remember when I like thinking about the uh, the the government shutdown. I'm reminded when back in the '90s, I lived in Washington D.C. I'm from Washington D.C. and pretty much every job, I would say 90% of a lot of the jobs are government, the contractor jobs. And so I was a contractor, and a lot of times I would be on a job, but also look for the next job because my contract's going to run out. And I think about miracles, and I think about my job, like. If I just sat, if I just sat in, you know, my house and just, you know, waited for a job and not do anything, that's almost like waiting for a miracle but not doing anything about it. I could also do the opposite and say, well, I'm just going to work, 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 and not look for another job and just be stuck in one situation forever because I don't believe that I don't believe in a future. That's wrong too. So there are extremes. Or believing that someone's going to hand it to you. Exactly. Like, so you got to do both. Here. You know, you can still listen for, you know, uh, miracles and great things to happen in your life to prove that Jesus loves you and God loves you. But you can still work. You can still do the job. Go in search of it. Exactly. And amazing things happen. Like, you know, this past year, 2018, I did a lot of things that I never thought about doing. And all of a sudden, doors sort of open up. Like I told you, you know, earlier today that... I was asked to be a member of uh, an executive board for a theater company. That would have never happened if I hadn't done the yay, and if I hadn't, you know, gotten involved in a couple of other companies and just put my put my feet out there, just step out there and just be involved in other people's lives. Where I could have said, "Eh, I'm bored," you know, let me just you know focus on my thing. So I guess my point is this: sort of put a button on it. You know, when we talk about the epiphany, we talk about. The revelation, you know, the revelation that Jesus is Lord. He's not just a child born, but he is the son of God and he is there for you. But it also means, you know, you have a job to do. Just like John the Baptist, when Jesus tells John the Baptist, no, you're here for a job. Your job is to baptize me. We have a job as Christians. We take in the word, but we also go to work. And we, you know. We in over and subtle ways. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> <laughs> any any last words? Because I feel like I've been talking too much. <laughs> any, anything else? I'll uh, look forward to the next. Next, I don't know what's happening. Next. Who's next? Who's I, next? I am next, and okay. uh, I wanted to sort of preview. So, yeah. I, so on on January the fourth, an article came out in the, in the um, Washington Post about evangelicals and Trump, and basically just talking about the hypocrisy. How could so many evangelicals? I think it came out because Jerry Falwell Jr. And basically told his congregation, you know, we need to follow Trump no matter what. And obviously, journalists are very confused. It's like Trump is almost the antithesis of what we would consider ask a Christian to do. So why, why are so many evangelicals following Trump? I have thoughts on this. I have no idea what the Bible verse is going to be, but I'd like to, I'd like to sort of touch on that. Okay. I have a feeling we're going to get into Matthew again. I just have a feeling. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. But uh, I'll, I'll just, you know, see what we do that exhaust. I'll type on, I'll type on, you know, actually, I don't even use Google anymore. I, this is just sort of a tech tip because I don't, I don't trust Google because usually you are the one being, you're the customer. And I have no idea what your personal information is. So I use DuckDuckDuckGo. So in any case, I do a search and I'll say, what does the Bible say about this or about that or about a subject matter? And I'll see what scriptures pop up. And then I just use that as my foundation. I just go on from there. That's usually how I operate. It seems more objective. Yeah. And you're going to send us a link to the article, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think I I glanced at that article. I think I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. But in any case, Epiphany. Thank you so much, Craig. Thank you, guys. (laughs) Happy Epiphany Tide. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What epiphanies are you going to find in your life today? Exactly. You know, God is speaking to you. You may not know it, but God is. I remember a friend told me, well, I just don't believe in God. I was like, well, he, he believes in you. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll wait. That's okay. I don't always feel like God is in my life either. And it's a shame when I don't because mm-hmm. it, it certainly feels much better when, yeah. <laughs> when I have an affirmation of that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, 
I, I would find is sort of the difference between you know being alone and being lonely. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. You know. He's always there. He's always there. Yeah. All right. Who's going to close us in prayer? Close us out in prayer. Mm-hmm. Dear Heavenly Father, um, please support and protect all of those who are experiencing um, loss and loneliness and subrogation today. Um, please get, lend them strength and hope. Um, please also imbue our leaders with sympathy and empathy so that they can perceive the world in a Christian view um, and a moralistic view and um, instill laws in our government and in governments around the world that protect humanity and, and our planet. Um, that's very, very broad today, but that's kind of where my head was. So, in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. No, 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 that's fantastic. You know, God bless you, Jeff. Usually, you know, pray, people pray focusing on themselves or their immediate, you know, family or, you know, their immediate circle. But, you know, you're standing it to the world. Um, Someone's got to do I think you did it. I think you did it. I think you did it. Everybody did it. experience in the church, which have made you turn your back to God, you can still have faith. We ask that you listen to this podcast, even challenge us. We're on Facebook, SoundCloud, that's where the podcast is. You can also uh, write us directly. I have a uh, Twitter and also Instagram account. You can find me, Reg, Space Clay, and DL Carragher for Deb. And share what you feel. Don't feel alienated because we speak of what we believe. The Bible's been around for thousands of years, and even now, in the age of the internet and social media and great technology, it still has a message for all of us. You can listen to this podcast on the Apple Podcast app or on iTunes. Just open up your iTunes app, click on Store, go on the search engine on the upper right-hand side and search for it. you got to have faith and you'll find us. If you use Android, download the SoundCloud app or just go on SoundCloud.com. Search for us and you will find us. Thank you for listening and God bless.